welcome back to another episode of Sister Strange. Hello. I'm Corey. I'm Holly. I have a new toy. <laughs> I just bought myself a like handheld tripod for my camera. Okay. So now when we actually do start traveling for the podcast in bits and pieces, we can like record and vlog. Do you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. I have a little squeaky baby cat at my door. Oh, Murray. But that's exciting. Yeah. So how are you? I'm tired. <laughs> Welcome to the last two months of our lives. True. But I had last week off from work. Mm-hmm. It was lovely. It was refreshing. I feel great. I went back to work. But now you're back. <laughs> and now I'm tired again. Um, no, Ethan and I rearranged the apartment a little bit. Oh, yeah. So the guinea pigs are no longer in what has been deemed my office. They're out in the living room. But okay. their cage is huge. <laughs> so it took almost an hour and a half to move everything. Oof. Um, also, if you are in the market for a six foot long microfiber beanbag chair i can hook you up um i'm not but thanks <laughs> not a problem all right how are so you do you have any bit i'm good i'm good um we're just gonna say i'm good <laughs> okay um do you have any business i do have business and it's more of a correction because i'm an idiot and can't pronounce uh, things correctly I uh, I know what you're gonna say. I put it in the um in the description of last week's episode. But go ahead. Yes. Um. Last week's episode, there was a particular church that got mentioned, and I mispronounced the name about eight times. And I'm really sorry. And I'm not gonna <laughs> try and repronounce it because my brain still wants to say it the incorrect way. It's it's Saint Ignatius. Like what's his name from You're That Santa Claus? Like the kid. Yes. Ignatius, not igneous. Igneous is a type of rock. Yes, yes it is. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive you're me. Always, you're always a science kid. What? You were always I, a science kid. I was, and I still am. And <laughs> English was never my strong suit. English and math. And my brain's just like, that's what that says. And I'm like, okay, sure, let's go with it. <laughs> that is not what that said. And I humbly apologize. Well, you know better. You'll make, you'll make, we'll do better in the future. This is true. So, so I have some business to attend to. Business. Business. Well, not really business, but fun stuff. So we're recording this the day on the 14th, so the day before the episode actually drops. Um, so yesterday was a very dear, sweet friend of mine's birthday. Hi, Shu. Um, but it's also Ducky's friend Steph's birthday. So, hi, Steph. Happy birthday. Um, happy birthday. <laughs> I know Steph listens. So, um, last night, Ducky and Steph and some of their friends were watching all three Back to the Future movies. And they invited Shu and I into the Netflix party to watch. I had to sleep, so I had to go to work. And Ducky's friend Carlos got real excited 
Um, so hi, Carlos. Hello, How you doing? Carlos. <laughs> I'm glad you listen. Um, yeah. Hey, how you doing? So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just really sweet, and I may or may not have gotten a little teary-eyed when he was like, "Corey from Sister Strange," and I'm like, "Oh, oh, sweet daddy, you sweet bean." <laughs> so, um, you go first this week. Is that correct? I do go first. Cool. What are we talking about? This week, we are going to dive, not very deep, because I'm not super thrilled with mine, but that's okay. Um, We can't always put out A-plus quality work every time. Um, We're talking about and diving into some really specific internet mysteries. Yes. Um, So, you are first this week. I am doing... Cicada 3301. Fun. Very fun. And I'm dropping my phone. On January 4th, 2012, a mysterious post popped up on 4chan that simply read, Hello, we are looking for highly intelligent individuals. To find them, we have devised a test. There is a hidden message in this image. Find it, and it will lead you down the road to finding us. We look forward to meeting the few that will make it all the way through. Good luck. 3301. The image was just white text on a black background. This would be the beginning of one of the hardest, most cryptic puzzles to ever grace the internet. Cicada 3301. The first puzzle only ran for about a month and caused those who dare to attempt it to come together on message boards across the internet to share their findings. The second round began January 4th, 2013, and ran for one year. And the third started on, you guessed it, January 4th, 2014. After that last puzzle was released, there was silence until a mysterious tweet was posted on January 5th, 2016, with a a new clue, which was wasn't solved until April 2017. And it simply read, beware of false paths. Always use your, always verify your PGP signature from 7A3509F, which denied the group's involvement with any copycat puzzles that were unsigned. The clues of this puzzle have manifested through many types of communication media. This is including, but not limited to, the internet, message board forums, and other digital forms of communication, phone calls, original music, bootable Linux CDs, physical paper signs posted all over the world. However, the most interesting to me is the pages from an unpublished cryptic book which was only written in runes. The title of this book was Libier Primus, which literally means the first book, and only some of its many pages have been decrypted. This particular set of clues reminds me very much so of the novel House of Leaves by Mark Z. Danielowski, where many of the pages are written in such a way that you have to pay very close attention or you will miss something very important. Most of these clues are hidden using different techniques to encode, encrypt, and hide data in plain sight 
and are to be found with some serious digging. The clues also reference books, poetry, art, and music as well. The group also signs all of its clues with the same OpenPGP, an encryption program that provides cryptic, cryptographic privacy and authentication data for communications. PGP is often used for signing, encrypting, and decrypting text, files, email, etc. to increase the security of the documents to confirm authenticity of the group's clues. No one has come forward to take credit for the puzzles, nor have any attempts to monetize them have been made either. Because of this, many have speculated who the group actually is. Some theorize they are forms of recruitment tools for government agencies like the NSA and the CIA. Others claim it to be the tools of others claim it to be the tools of the MI6, a global cyber myth mercenary group. And unfortunately, there have been claims of them being a terrorist group as well. Authorities in Chile have claimed the group is a hacker group and is engaged in illegal activity. The group responded with another PGP signed statement denying any involvement in illegal activities. In July 2015, another group by the name 3310 claimed that they had hacked Planned Parenthood. Sakata 330 immediately released a statement saying that they, quote, are not associated with this group in any way, end quote, and that they, quote, do not condone their use of our name, number, or symbolism, end quote. The hacker group also made a statement saying that they were in no way affiliated with Sakata 3301. Others have claimed the group's connection to the occult. Tim Daly, a senior researcher fellow with the Conservative Christian Family Research Council stated, quote, Cicada 3301 appears to be drawing its participants inextricably into the dark web of the occult, a la Balavatsky, a Russian occultist, philosopher, and author who co-founded the Theophysical Society, and Crowley, an English occultist who founded the religion of Thelma. At the heart, its enchantment is the counterfeit promise of ultimate meaning through self-deviation, end quote. Another popular theory is the puzzles is a modern and technological equivalent to the Enlightenment journey within Western exotericism and mystery schools. The group is still shrouded in mystery, since no one has come forward to claim ownership, nor do we know the true purpose of the puzzles. And the ultimate goal is still unknown. And some have claimed that it is a tool being used to improve on cryptography, privacy, and anonymity, which is difficult to keep in this day and age where every piece of the information is at the world's fingertips. As of right now, no new puzzles have been released and only a set select anonymous few have claimed to have finished what have been released. One stated that after solving the first puzzle, they were asked about their thoughts on internet freedom, privacy, the support of freedom of information, and their thoughts on censorship. If the group found your answers satisfactory, you were invited to a private forum where they were asked to devise a project that met the ideas of the group. From physical papers tagged to phone poles to the deepest parts of the dark web, Sakata 330 
has had many travel down the rabbit hole to find the answer it dangles in front of them. It has been called the most elaborate and mysterious puzzle of the internet age and will remain one of the most eerie unsolved mysteries of the internet. My sources, of course, are Wikipedia, a article from webarchive.org, and an article from fastcompany.com. That's a kind of... That's wild. Isn't it? Like, the fact that they went out of their way to post physical papers on phone polls, and I want to say it was four or five different countries. Yeah, it's very, it, it's, it doesn't, so to me, it doesn't feel governmental. Does that make sense? I think it does. I think it does to an extent. It feels more secret society. Am I No, because that's still governmental. But that's more global governmental, and it's very, very, very more it mercenary feels, group than... Yeah, but I don't know that I, I, I buy the whole mercenary group thing. You know, I... Almost like... It feels almost more technological Illuminati. Yeah, that's what I mean. It feels much more that sort of secret... Excuse me, secret society. Mm-hmm rather than governmental and political, you know? Yeah. It's wild. I've never actually, like, looked at the clues and and the solutions well, to a lot of the puzzles. Well, here's the problem. Especially the first two rounds, you can't find any of the solutions anymore because they didn't want... They wanted people to find it on themselves, and once people started posting them, they replaced, like, an entire website with, we're looking for leaders, not followers. Mm, true. So a lot of their stuff, like, a lot of the answers to that, those clues and things like that, you can't find anymore, because they took them down. And it's just mere, like, it doesn't feel like it's a recent thing. You know, something about this also feels like mid-90s. It does. I which mean, is coincidental, considering what I'm doing for my... I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they started planning it mid-90s, because they didn't start until 2012. Right. I don't know, man. Maybe our things are actually connected. <gasps> Soft gas. <gasps> but that's a good one. I think that's a really interesting it's really interesting it's like an actual mystery it is and it's a puzzle which i think is really really cool and the fact that no one has come forward and said yeah it's us or the fact that no one's trying to monetize it that's really interesting to me too yeah because let's face it who doesn't want to monetize something Who's not trying to make money off of something? Hashtag capitalism. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But yeah, good job. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm.
what you got for me? So let's delve into the early history of modern technology, shall we? we I, I mentioned the mid-90s. Um, mm. Sometime around August of 1996, a okay. series of messages were posted to a Usenet group. Every post was a series of nonsense, and all of them shared a subject line, Markovian Parallax Denigrate. My sources are Wikipedia. There's an Atlas Obscure article by Eric Grundhauser, um, a Daily Dot article by Kevin Morris, um, thundernews.com, and Google Archive. Google actually has an archive of this post. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So the first question I think most people have is, what the heck is Usenet and what does it do? So let's do a brief history of the internet, Usenet, and the World Wide Web as a whole to start. Before we had the internet, we had ARPANET, which started as a series of four connected university computers in 1969. Ten years later, Tom Truscott and Jim Ellis, Duke grad students, developed a program to move messages and files between Duke and UNC computers via telephone modems. That was the beginning of Usenet, or Users Network, and that developed into a series of forums and message boards. ARPANET grew into the internet in 1984, with 1,000 computers connected. That number jumped to 8.7 billion by 2012. Now, what we know is the internet is actually the World Wide Web, the web pages and browsers we use to view the information on the internet. Tim Berners-Lee created the World Wide Web in 1989, and the first web page went live in 1991. Confused yet? What's important to remember is that Usenet is a service that uses the internet, but is a different server system than the World Wide Web. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. So we only have this text of one Markovian parallax denigrate message thanks to Google's archive of public Usenet messages. Quote, Jitterbugging McKinley, Abe, Break, Newtonian, Inferring, Caw, Update, Cohen, Air, Collaborate, Rue, Sports Writing, Rococo, Invocate, Tousle, Shadflower, Debbie, Sterling, Pathogenesis, Esquitois, Adventitious, Novo, ITT, most, chairperson, Dwight Herzog, different, pinpoint, Dunk, McKinley, pendant, firelight, Uranus, episodic, medicine, Diddy, craggy, flogging, variac, brotherhood, web, impromptu, file, countenance, inheritance, cohesion, refrigerate, morphine, napkin, inland, genero, nameable, Yearbook Park. Okay. Where do these messages come from? What do they mean? We have no idea. The email linked to at least this surviving message belonged allegedly to one Susan Lindauer, a student at University of Wisconsin at Stevens Point. However, student Lindauer is also an anti-war activist and former U.S. congressional staffer who was indicted on spy charges 
specifically, quote, acting as an unregistered agent of a foreign government, unquote, to Iraq in 2004. The author of the Daily Dot article on Markovian parallax denigrant, Kevin Morris, contacted Susan Lindauer regarding the Markovian parallax denigrant, but she denied any involvement. It's likely that the email was spoofed, and if this is the case, some claim that Lindauer was targeted as she was investigating the 1988 bombing of Pan Am Flight 103, also known as the Lockerbie bombing. But the most likely explanations of these posts came from bots, which are not a new thing. Um, bots as a concept have been, been around since the early days of, of the internet and interconnected computers, or a troll. The most likely answer is that someone was just generating strings of spam from spoofed emails to these particular Usenet message boards. In short and sweet, that's Markovian Parallax Denigrate. There's not a whole lot to say. Um, I couldn't find... You could go on and on and on about Susan Lindauer and, and her situation because um, that in and of itself in and of itself is, is a ride. But yeah. there's no other hard, concrete um, theories on where this thing came from. Know what it kind of reminds me of? What? A new version of a number station. It, yeah, it, it's like a little it number feels- station. Um, did it remind you of... Um, it's it, like when I was reading through the post, um, it reminded me of the Welcome to Night Vale episode, The List, I think it's yes. what it was called, yep. um, which is just a, an amazing piece of writing. Um, and I think people have tried their damnedest to like find patterns and, and break things down, um, but nothing really jumps out no you know mckinley is mentioned twice um and it was that president mckinley of whenever mckinley was president don't know <laughs> who is debbie sterling who's dwight herzog the heck um but it's very like update cohen um is this some sort of um oh crap what's it called what was that mind control thing with, with acid? Oh, uh, MK Ultra. Yeah. Is this a sort of MK Ultra, um, like, code? Or is this some sort of, like, spy um, activation sequence? Like, did I just activate some sort of, like, underground spy? Like, like, like Winter Soldier style? Yeah, huh. if I did, I'm- I'm sorry. Sorry. Because um, let's face it, if it was a spy activation, they'd be older now. Right, but here's the thing. like, I don't know that anybody's read this over a public forum. You know what I mean? Ooh. And I, I can't say that for sure. I don't know that anyone has. My mm. Googling has didn't point me to any other podcast. That doesn't mean anything. Um, but like, it feels so number station to me, right? With words, 
instead of numbers and not in Russian. Yeah. And you have to remember, this is Usenet. So the World Wide Web has been around since 1991. So it's running alongside Usenet. So these were posted to a really specific, and if I, let me see if I can bring that up again. Um, I want to find the Google, let me go to the Atlas Obscura because they linked it. And like I said, it's really likely that it was spam. Um, spam or a Spam or a bot, because uh, I just pulled up the Atlas Obscura. Yes. Um, article um which i love atlas obscura like a plus work on atlas obscura but i guess the first major spamming incident in the history of the internet occurred in 1994 uh quote the first major spamming incident in the history of the internet occurred in 1994 when a pair of lawyers blasted thousands of usenet users with unbidden ads for their immigration law services all right. So Usenet has, has kind of always been the target of a lot of this weird stuff. Um, so according to the Google Archive, the board or feed or whatever you want to call it, it was posted to uh, alt.religion.christian-bostonchurch. So it was a religious, um, I guess, um, Usenet group. Or, or server or, or whatever, however you want to phrase it. Um, which still gets posts. I guess. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, you think, you, I think everyone's so used to using the World Wide Web, which is why it's www.yourwebsitehere.com Um Like, are people still using Usenet? Yeah, it just sort of runs, it, it uses different servers than the World Wide Web does. Huh. But it's it's using the same internet space, yeah. I guess. Um, I don't know. I didn't pay attention in my my web design class. <laughs> I didn't have to design I took, class. I took, so. like, I took, like, three weeks of a web design class and then dropped the course. Um, Darn it, core. Sorry. Um, but I guess people still, I mean, people do still use Usenet. Um, and don't get me wrong. The World Wide Web, as we know it, is home to some weird stuff. We've already yep. sort of put that out there, Cicada 3301. Um, yep. The dark web. Home to some weirdness. But Usenet, I think because it's older, you know, I mean, Usenet has existed since 1979. Mm -hmm. um, it just gets, it's a, it's a party over on Usenet that I don't know that I want to go to. Now, it's interesting that you mentioned that there are potential connections between Cicada and this. Right. Well, it also feels like something about the string of words also feels a little like part of a puzzle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it wants to be something unscrambled. Yes. 
you know. Um, what they need to do is they need to get a bunch of dyslexics together because <laughs> let me tell you, as we all know, we can read things that aren't actually there. Right. We're really good at it. But that's interesting. Right. And this is the only one that we have archived or one of the very, very few that we have archived. Everything else has been sort of lost to the last almost 30 years. Mm -hmm. So That's Markovian Parallax Denigrate. Now it's called, I mean, that's the title of it. And then Markov, there was a whole situation that I didn't really research involving a bot on like a lonely heart to use net. Okay. It's just very cruel. Um, but that's probably a story for another time. Um, but yeah. The internet and, and the web and Usenet, it's all weird. Everything's weird. Everything's weird. Which is why we're here to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a short one. I think we need to do a short one because last week was almost an hour, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, if anything else? I do not. No. No. Okay. I'm currently just watching the cat play with something in between the door. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for listening. Again, short and sweet. Get to the point this week. I think we just need another easy one like the uh recommendations episode. Yes. Um I don't know if there are any relevant <laughs> any relevant images will be on our Instagram, which is at Sister Strange Podcast. If there's anything you think we need to do a little homework on or something you want to share with us, you can always email us at sisterstrangepodcast at yahoo.com. If you're listening every week, you already know that we upload every Friday and we're available where most podcasts are found. And yeah, we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye, Carlos. Bye, Carlos. Bye, Carlos.